Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Librarian Influencers Podcast, and today I'm very excited to have Shauna Ferguson with us. So Shauna, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your library experience. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, when I look back at my life, I feel like I was destined to be a librarian. I started out in middle school as a library aide and helper. Oh. You know, and you just don't think about it at the time, but when you already know the Dewey Decimal System, yeah. you're 10 or however old I was, um, I should have guessed where I'd end up. I <laughs> Um, was initially a high school English teacher and had my English endorsement and I taught in a high school, a couple of high schools in California and then moved to Washington State and spent another five years teaching English in Washington. But I realized that I wanted to make kind of a shift in my career and I was looking around. I love education. I love working with students and trying to figure out what the next step would be and realized how dynamic the libraries are, especially in Washington State. It was a little bit different situation when I left California. They were losing a lot of their funding. Okay. So it just hadn't been on my radar. So um, I was teaching full time, but then started working on my endorsement. And in Washington State, you do need to have a library certification teaching endorsement. Okay. Um, So I did that on the evenings, on weekends, um, during my summer vacation and um, shifted from the high school to an elementary library position after I got my endorsement. So I was at an elementary school for three years. Okay. And then I was able to transfer back to the high school where I had been an English teacher. And okay. so I've been their librarian for the last seven years. Okay. So it's been a really great career path and trajectory. And I don't know if I'll ever leave the library. <laughs> oh, I hope you don't. Because once, once, to me, once you fall in love with it, you know, people just people fall in love with what you're doing, you know, and they just buy into your programming and all the things that you you do for the kiddos. So that's awesome. I know a lot of our um, audience happens to be early career librarians and you just mentioned elementary and high school. So like, what did you see as the big difference between those two levels? Um, it's, it's funny because in some ways the kids, I mean, kids are kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was completely unprepared to go to an elementary school. I didn't, I was so naive. I didn't realize how unprepared I was. Okay. I haven't been in an elementary school since I was an elementary school student. Uh-huh. I don't have children. Okay. Um, and I was amazed at the magic that happens behind the scenes. I had no idea what elementary teachers did for behavior and managing lots of little ones who are here, there and everywhere. But you know, they, the kids are there and they are so excited to learn. Sure. And I think the same is true of high school. They can be kind of prickly and surly, right? They're adolescents on the outside. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing how even in a high school library, you know, if you're taking the time to really build relationships with kids mm-hmm. and they start to realize that you are the person in the school who just wants to do things for them, right? Like you're the person who has resources or you're the person who can help them solve a computer issue. Um, or you're the person who might be able to connect them with some counseling support or whatever it is they need, or who can be a bridge to their classroom teacher. 
you know, that they become little kids again. So, I mean, it's, it's very different at the same time that, I mean, it's still education and it's still fabulous. Like, I'm so glad I took that leap of faith, um, even though it was a blind leap and went to elementary school and dressed up like cat in the hat and ran around the building and passed out stickers. I mean, it was really a joy. And then I was able to come back to the high school with a whole new perspective. Yes, I bet. Oh, very fun. Well, I'm glad you shared that with us. Um, so how many years did you say you've been in the library? This is my 10th year. 10th year. Okay. So when you mm -hmm. think back to the beginning, what, what was it like back then? What were your experiences like starting out? I mean, for elementary school, um, like I mentioned before, it was this whole new world of teaching. And I inherited a program from another librarian where she told me that she wanted me to have a fresh start. So she didn't leave me anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I didn't know what lessons she had done. I didn't know what the kids already knew wow. about the library or the catalog or how things were organized, um, which was a, a little terrifying. And my first lesson was just awful. You know, I started the first day with kindergartners um, at, in the district where I work. The um, librarian is the prep period for kindergarten teachers. Yes. So, you know, my very first day of school and a teacher comes in with 22 little, you know, kindergartners and it's their first day of school. Right. They're excited. And suddenly I have to figure out how to introduce them to the library and how to get them excited about books. Um, and I mean, I'll be honest, I went home the first day and cried because oh. I knew that I was completely unprepared. Like I had never been a camp counselor. I had never worked with small children. Mm -hmm. um, but the teachers at that school were so incredibly kind. I was in one of those libraries where um, there were no doors. Everybody walked through the library to get to other parts of the building, yes. which seems daunting but it also means that everybody could see that i needed help <laughs> and, and it was amazing how many people would pull me aside and teach me a song or would invite me into their classrooms to watch them do something or um, if they saw that i had a really difficult student who was having a hard time sometimes they would just come over and take that kid's hand and sit them off to the side and you know i think the kindness of elementary teachers is so amazing and i immediately reached out to the other elementary librarians and just said help i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what to do the first week of school i don't know you know how to kind of work that library magic and so many people gave me resources and ideas um, that it's really incredible. And I still have relationships with those librarians and with those teachers. Um, and I think because I was open to just any and every idea and suggestion, I got over a lot of that fear. And I was used to having everybody watch me teach every day. They knew exactly what was going on. And if a lesson didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, I, I stopped worrying about it because I just knew that it was a growth experience and that I could gather all those resources and get the advice I needed and just move forward. Yeah, that's interesting. I've seen some open, I call it open concept, you know, when there's no walls like that. I've seen some, but I can't, right. imagine, can't imagine working in one like that. That's, that'd be interesting. 
Um, so what about when you went to the high school? Because in a way that was a fresh start. What were, what was your first year or two like when you transitioned? It was, it was interesting. Um, I was fortunate to go to a school that I had worked at as a teacher. So in some respects, I had already had a certain amount of credibility and trust mm-hmm. with certain teachers that I had worked with in a kind of collegial collaborative way in the past. Yeah. But it was also pretty lonely going to high school, you know, unlike elementary school where, you know, you'll see the kids every week and you see them every year for every week, you really build these strong relationships. Um, Some of the same students I saw in elementary school now come through the doors of the high school. And I don't know if they remember that I was their librarian, but to me, they're like my kids coming back and I will do anything for them. I attend a lot of teacher meetings and I do just about anything to just get doors opened. Um, You know, anytime we have a new teacher, I see that as an opportunity Mm -hmm. to build some relationships. They're often looking for lesson ideas and materials. Um, Yeah, and I run student clubs and activities, you know, things that I may not have had time for in elementary school. So it is a different role. So is there any kind of advice that you wish you would have known back then? And so no matter how frazzled things get, no matter how many things you're juggling, taking the time to really stop, listen, smile, find out what you can do to help someone. Um, You know, I get asked for a lot of questions where I have no idea what the answer is. People sometimes think I have magic powers um, to solve all problems, but I take the time to listen to what they're asking for and then try to find solutions and answers. I'm in a really unique position and have a flexibility that I think not everybody has in a school building. And just to have that compassion, you know, whether it's someone from the community who calls up, um, you know, sometimes parents are looking for resources and are frustrated. I always see it as a compliment if they think that I actually know the answers to all of those problems. And I just want them to have a positive experience. I want every kid to feel like the library is there for them. Um, I worked at the elementary school I was at was a really high poverty school. It was 95% students qualified for free and reduced lunch. And so some really tough home situations were going on. And I think, you know, my influence on how they feel about books and reading and learning and questioning and wanting to know answers and all of that curiosity that kids bring to school, I really wanted to nurture because some of them didn't necessarily have that kind of support at home. Yeah. Very true. Very good points. Um, You were telling the stories about being asked questions that you don't know the answers to. I know at the beginning, I was always scared. You know, what are they going to ask me? But um, everybody was just very appreciative that that somebody was listening, you know, and then somebody was trying to help out. So don't be intimidated. And, you know, whenever people are asking you questions, it's going to be okay. So, <laughs> All right, well, let's talk a little bit about the, the kind of influence that you see your role having on campus. What kind of... Um, impact or guidance or just what influence do you see yourself having? I think I have a fairly strong influence on how and what people teach on campus. Again, I think I have a really unique role in that I see what's happening in all of these different subjects and classrooms. Um, I often spend quite a bit of time working with students on whether it's kind of research skills or resources or maybe technology integration, new tools and applications they could be using. 
And what I love is that I'll be able to work with, let's say, a group of sophomores and then go to a health class that I know has those, some of those same sophomores in it and I can build on that learning and I can introduce a teacher to something they may not have even realized the kids were doing in someone else's classroom. And if I go to workshops or trainings, um, you know, I love being able to just keep pushing those resources out to the teachers. I think classroom teachers are often just trying to stay one step ahead of their lesson planning and their grading and answering parent emails. And I can kind of be that magic behind, you know, sort of screen that then helps them produce some really fabulous resources and maybe reshape some of the things they've been teaching for years and have gotten a little stale. Yeah. So I think that's where we can have a lot of influence. That's good. So is there anything in particular that you're thinking about for next year? You know, any, any new kind of thing you're looking at? Yeah, I applied for our state offered a grant opportunity this year, and it goes into next year to look at media literacy. Okay. Like I've had kind of a long standing interest in just the integration of technology with education. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you walk around a high school campus, kids are glued to their smartphones. And I think for some of them, there's this disconnect, you know, where they feel like, oh, I can just learn everything on YouTube. Why do I have to read this old crusty textbook? <laughs> or why do I have to study Shakespeare if I can become, you know, whatever, a, a media influencer on my Instagram account? <laughs> and so we're looking at how to really infuse some strong critical thinking and strategies that tap into those new platforms. Um, you know, Students still love books and reading, but so many of them are looking at their screen for, you know, hours a day and that's kind of where they're living their lives. So we're looking at just how to prepare them to just understand what they're using. You know, it's what librarians have always done is, you know, analyzing media, looking at the resources that they're given. So we're excited about it. That's interesting. One of my friends and, and she actually was interviewed before. Her name is Alma Salinas. And she is really big into screenagers. Have you heard of that? Mm -hmm. she, so she did a big showing, you know, of screenagers for her community and then a parent night and of course student time, but um, just all really talking about protecting our eyes and, you know, giving ourself a rest, you know, from all that screen time. So, it, and I, I found them on Facebook too. I didn't realize they had a Facebook page, but <laughs> there's a Facebook page you can go to for tips and stuff too, but that, that's awesome. I, I look forward to seeing seeing more about that as you, as I start to follow you, you know, on social media. So that'll be interesting. Okay. Right. So go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, even now with our shift to kind of this virtual online learning, and we have no idea what next year is going to look like, right. You know, trying to help students manage all of that media, I think is really critical. Definitely. And you know, Jennifer Lagarde has a lot to share, you know, about that too. I know she's from up in your area. I, I brought her down um, to my people before, but just, you know, just mm -hmm. even instructing people how, you know, how to recognize um, kind of news, you know, that's being shared with them and to evaluate that. It's, it is very, very important, definitely. All right. Well, you've talked a lot about yourself and the and in your library and elementary. You literally were the heart of the school. <laughs> you know, when you were that center of the school um, in high school. Just now, even now, hearing you talk about how um, this, you're connecting with the students, 
Talk a little bit more about how you see the library as the, the heart of your school community. I think um, any, any opportunity you have to open your doors and to even try to figure out what are the students who aren't coming in on their own and why aren't they coming to the library um, is an opportunity. It's, I guess I'm trying to think of a couple of examples just from this past year. Um, like there was one day when I was walking across our campus and a teacher was using Spiros, you know, okay. little yeah. round robots yeah. to do an activity with kids out in a courtyard area that didn't have carpeting. It was outside. Oh. And I just said, why don't you come to the library? Let's build a racetrack. Like, come on in, let's get these coding kind of freshman boys in the library because typically the library may not be their first um, idea of where to hang out at lunch or before school. And um, another opportunity that came up this year was we were doing some remodeling where we have a space that had traditionally been used for a student art show each spring. Oh. And that space was gonna be filled with furniture and construction equipment. And so my art teacher built fake walls and we converted the entire library to an art gallery for a week. Wow. And I just said, that's fine. Like, let's do it. Like, why not? I have the biggest space on campus mm -hmm. and I want to get as many different kids in there as possible and teacher meetings, club activities. I love it when I get asked if people can use the library, if it's a parent group at night. And I really, I don't worry about if someone walks off with a book, great. Like I want people to read books, like they can take it, you know, because by and large, people love libraries and they want to come in and they want to support the library. Um, but sometimes there is that fear where, you know, they associate the library with being quiet and yeah. having everything stay in their set spot on the shelf. Um, you know, don't be, be afraid to be messy mm -hmm. and just try new things. Definitely. I know early on, I was so fearful of people, you know, walking out with a book, you know, that kind of thing. But eventually that goes away, you know, eventually you become okay with that. And, and like you're saying, you're, you're happy somebody is using it. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the mindset you have to give. But um, I know a lot of people too, are, they're even scared to like let kids check out books over holidays, you know, for this kind of the same reasons. They're just scared they're not going to get it back or what's going to happen to my inventory. But again, you know, the longer we're on the roll, in the role, then the more, you know, we just kind of settle in, it's going to be okay. And you're going to lose a few books here and there, but, but overall it's okay. Right. And those, you know, people become powerful advocates for the library program. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're the ones who might think of you when it comes to fundraising or supporting a book fair and some of those activities. So just letting people realize how relevant you are, I think builds you some strong advocates. Definitely. So do you do anything um, partnering outside of your school with any of the out, outer community? Um, we work closely with our public library system. Okay. Um, so, you know, and they're fabulous. I think they're another resource that sometimes gets underutilized by schools mm -hmm. where in the past um, I've worked with the public library on either having kids go on a field trip to the public library and doing activities there, um, yeah. just because some of our families just don't realize what a great resource they are, or having the public library come into the school and helping to run book clubs and other programs that, um, you know, it's just always nice sometimes to have an outside speaker or an outside perspective. 
And I also collaborate with our state library association, which, you know, is something else I would recommend people really utilize because there's often some really great collaborative connections and community you can build through a library association. Um, and I'm fortunate that our town is kind of right on the border between two states. So I can even kind of go and join both library associations and get the best of both worlds. And there's also some great national associations and even our state library um, in our state capital, they have resources that they check out kits, makerspace activities. Oh, wow. And I've done trainings and workshops with them. And it's just another way to get to know librarians from other parts of my state and to share ideas and collaborate. And just to realize you're not alone. You know, I know some librarians, I think, are in pretty rural areas where it can feel like you're the only one. Um, but there are opportunities to connect and to travel and to share, especially now that we can do it virtually. Mm -hmm. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. So when you think about the listeners, um, do you think, can you think of any like first step, <clears throat> excuse me, first steps you would recommend to them if they were really wanting to, they want to become the heart of the school. Maybe they inherited one where the library was not that valued or uh, not that important, not as seen as important. I think, and this is partially just my personal approach. I don't know if it would work for everyone, but I think there's a lot of value to be gained in really listening and learning from the school community you join. Um, it's, you know, I think we all come in with a vision of what we want the library to be or of all of these amazing activities that we'll have happening for students but they won't work if the teachers aren't on board or if the administration isn't on board. And so I think there's times where you can really build strong relationships if you're listening to what people need and what they're looking for in the moment. And that kind of lays a foundation of trust that when you want to do something that maybe is new or different. Um, you know, I had a second grade teacher call me Shauna the Brave because I would just say like, hey, let's get the second graders in a database and have them do some research that way. And, you know, things they hadn't been doing, Yeah. but she was willing to try it out with her students. And then we could get the rest of her team to do it too. Like we would kind of test the waters. Yeah. Um, and then just by letting everyone else know like, hey, we have this whole unit developed. Here's how it went. Do you want to do it too? Um, you know, it really kind of built in small steps. I think it's hard to revolutionize a library program um, until you really get a sense of just the pulse of the school and the community and start building those connections and relationships. You know, yeah. It's almost like you have to have a five-year vision or plan mm -hmm. in place. Yeah, but that's a good point to, to hook, not hook, but to connect with one person in particular and kind of build with them and then the word does get out because they see, you know, the rest of the team, you know, sees what's going on and they want a part of that. <laughs> so that's a very good strategy. So thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. All right. So as we're closing our, out our time together, and you mentioned conferences and different things, are, are, is there anything else that you really do to keep yourself learning? You know, there are so many amazing resources on social media. And you don't necessarily have to be producing your own posts to reap the benefits. You know, I think some people feel like, oh, if I join Twitter or Instagram, I have to be posting a ton. Yeah. 
But I get so many resources just by signing up to follow specific organizations that I've learned to, um, you know, about through either conferences or journals or somebody mentions them. You know, there's librarians who post amazing ideas. And so you're not building things from scratch. You can really kind of see what other people are doing or if there's a new resource that comes out. If you're in the know, then you can bring that back to your building or you can ask questions or reach out to that vendor. So I think with social media, what's nice is you don't have to have a travel budget. You don't have to, um, you know, take time off to attend a conference. And it's the sort of thing that I'll check while I'm waiting for a dentist appointment. You know, like you don't have to spend hours and hours. Um, You know, some people like to connect to the Future Ready Libraries Facebook page and have gotten a lot of ideas during the school closure about how to teach remotely and virtually. And just to realize that we're working on all of these things together is really powerful. Yeah, it is. And I imagine our budgets uh, travel-wise will be hurt next year. You know, I would anticipate that. So that's a really good point that we don't, this is a way to to gather ideas and um, the, the search tools on Twitter and Facebook, you can find some amazing things. And I had I had honestly never really looked at Facebook as a place to go and search like for a library. I, I was members of the team, you know, the different groups, you know, the future ready librarians, that kind of thing. But I hadn't thought about just putting in the search bar of Facebook, you know, like makerspace, you know, or whatever it was, reading books. But it's amazing. Even just doing that, it'll pop up, you know, the another um, pages or groups that you can go and check out. And so use those tools and there's a lot you can get out of them. Right. Bulletin boards, craft ideas. I mean, it's incredible. It is. And even now as they're, as people are sharing like their stories, their, their story times, uh, they're including activities that they do with books. So you get everybody's ideas now. (laughs) It's a good time to gather resources right now. So, well, Shauna, thanks for your time today. And if anybody wants to connect with you and, and keep learning from you, where can they find you online? I do have a Twitter account. It's at media lit nerd it's all one word lowercase um and then my library instagram account i've actually been trying to resuscitate this year i started it six years ago and didn't really understand instagram at the time (laughs) so even though my students tried to teach me what to do on instagram it really didn't take off and luckily right before the school closure i started breathing new life into it i was inspired by some other librarians Mm -hmm. so that account is at river underscore library um and so what's been great is during the closure is i feel like that's a big point of contact with my students and school community and i've seen the followers grow because that's where the kids are um you know i don't get to see them face to face in the library they're not always checking school email Mm -hmm. Um, so for me it's just another way to reach out and let them know that i've got reading resources for them that i'm here to help them with tech support school might be closed but the library is always open Shauna, I look forward to following you and learning more. And just thank you so much for your time today. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate it.